Hi everyone, and welcome to Match Made in Madness, where every episode is a mad but healthy discussion about the anime community. I'm Mai Chino, and I'm a freelance interpreter and translator. I pretty much game and watch anime for work and live my days off reading manga. And my name is Kayan Rai, otherwise known as Rai. I'm a cosplayer and professional makeup artist, as well as your resident Bishonen appreciator. So every week at Match Made in Madness, we'll be dissecting the nitty gritty on topics such as anime and manga, voice actors, and the pop culture convention scene with the occasional guests, hopefully. So come join us on this crazy journey to develop a greater understanding of this amazing community. Just a small disclaimer that anything mentioned in this podcast are all unofficial opinions based on our personal experiences and thoughts. Due to this, we will primarily be discussing the Australian scene, but feel free to let us know about your experiences as well. It's it's been a it's been a crazy crazy week. Like we we finally released episode two. For those of you who are listening, episode two was about one of our favorite voice actors. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I hope you guys all enjoyed that. But other than that, what have you been up to this week, Mai? Um, aside work, which is pretty much boring, I've um, we've finally got into winter actually, so it's getting really, really cold oh, in the northern yeah. hemisphere over here, especially in Japan. I don't know about you guys, because you guys are down south. How's it been for you? Well, down south, it's, it's not on fire, but it's very close to being on fire. Like it was thirty-four degrees the other day Celsius, by the way, for those um, North American viewers yep. listening in, which I think equates to like 93 degrees Fahrenheit or something. I'm not sure. You guys are going to have to double check that. But it has been oh. heat wave after heat wave in Australia right now. I'm not looking forward to summer. Like, I heard all. you got sunburned. I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so I went out for brunch with a friend and... Um, we, we were sitting in the sun for like maybe like half an hour and I got absolutely sunburnt. So oh no. be careful in the sun, guys. Don't do that in Australia <laughs> without sunscreen at least. <laughs> sun is a real issue in Australia, guys. So very big note if you ever come over in summertime. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think other than that, um, I just saw the Demon Slayer movie, um, Kimetsu no Yaiba movie in Japan. Oh, so right. That was a highlight. Nice, nice. I'm sure you'll get it quick too. And speaking of movies, I know you guys just got Heaven's Feel. Yes. in Australia. Yes, we congrats, did. Congrats, guys. Thank you. Congrats and congrats to Victoria in Australia because we are officially out of lockdown. The cinemas are now open again and we can all go and see, well, at least I hope you guys have seen the new um, Heaven's Feel movie part three. I know I'm booked to see it, I think on Tuesday coming up. So I'm super yes. excited. Super excited. Like I can't wait. When are you watching part two? Uh, <laughs> about that, I'm I'm planning to watch it later on today. Like later on today, okay, good. At night, I I will be marathoning part one and two, so I'm ready to go see part three. Good, 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 good. Okay, all right. Um, and then we've had a whole bunch of anime seasons. I think start last month as well. We mentioned earlier when we were preparing the the new Shingeki no Kyojin Attack on Titan. Season. Yeah, 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 yeah. We do, we do have that new season coming in. Um, not gonna lie, I haven't watched Shingeki in a long time. Oh, or kept up with it. Oop. <laughs> the action's exciting. That's all I can say. I'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll we'll try not to spoil that one here, guys. But uh, I hope everyone's excited. I know I'm excited for definitely like the Kimetsu movie when that comes out in Australia. So good. Prepare lots of tissues. I will. Fear not. I will prepare all the tissues. Okay. So guys, you are tuning into episode number three of Match Made in Madness, and today's episode is online conventions as the future of conventions. That is what is in the spotlight today, a very hot discussion topic for 2020 in my opinion. Conventions and also what will be the future of them. Because as we all know, like uh, 2020 has been a pretty strange and very, very crazy, bit hectic year for everyone. Mm. All sense of like normality in our lives has been turned absolutely upside down, flipped over on itself, lifestyle, work, and even our hobbies have been affected. So feel free to also share with us how your 2020 convention season has been, because I know mine has not been 
as great as it could have been, like, in previous yeah. years, for sure, for sure. Likewise. And I'm sure Maya also, mm. yes, agrees. Just a quick small disclaimer that if we discuss a particular series, we will be focusing on how we experienced it as fans rather than the story. But having said that, spoiler warnings in advance because we'll probably get carried away and deep dive into the story for context. Which hopefully <laughs> won't happen a lot this episode, but we never know. We never know. So just in case, we're going to put it there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose um, we'll kickstart with um, what did we expect of online conventions, I suppose, before all of this really happened? Yeah, it's it's... I think, like, I know, well, anyway, I know from my side of the community, my, like, with mm. cosplayers, it was very much, like, something very sceptical. Like, a lot of people weren't really sure. The whole concept of online conventions seemed super, super foreign. Like, very foreign. Yeah. Completely unheard of before. Because, obviously, we hadn't dealt with something as big as you know just low-key a global pandemic before so Mm -hmm. we haven't really had to worry about that whole issue of not being able to attend the convention in person but definitely like the skepticism was there like that Mm -hmm. sort of uncertainty not knowing how I guess we would go about it yeah I think I agree with that like I kind of got to the point where I wasn't sure how they were going to do it that wasn't going to make it seem like we were just watching tv on a computer yeah I think that's also that was also a a worry for me like it wouldn't like what would separate a live stream I guess of sorts Mm. to a convention like an online convention because like obviously as we know a lot of things like a lot of things Mm -hmm. a lot of components make up conventions like there's the atmosphere like the, the community spirit like you get to see your friends in person and hang out at conventions you get to make new friends at at conventions you know there's cosplay you've got the hands-on activities that happen like the challenges that you can do at the conventions mm. or games you can play like there is a lot happening in a convention space that they would somehow have to transfer online yeah. and of which some of it might be impossible or not really that um practical to do in an online space where you can't physically interact with something yeah because i know we were talking about back in um march after all the conventions slowly started announcing that they were cancelling or possibly pushing back their convention we were just like how are we going to see all our friends when do we talk to all our friends so where do we cosplay now and like it was that was the sort of thing we were talking about the most i think when that was all announced so i agree with you there it's that's what is a convention to the majority of us who attend conventions i think yeah, I absolutely agree with that point, Mai. Like, I think it's... Because, obviously, like Mai said, you know, like, how are we going to talk with our friends? And mm. some of you guys might be thinking, well, obviously you can do it online. But the thing about online talking to friends and online chatting, even if it's, like, voice chat like we're doing now or if it's text chat, it's a completely different game to, you know, when you've actually got that in-person interaction you can kind of see your friends expressions Mm -hmm. you can see how hyped they are it's it's a lot more intimate that kind of um interaction and like having that relationship there with your friends as well it's very very different hype is definitely a good point because when you're with a whole bunch of friends at a convention you're just a hundred a thousand (laughs) times more excited than you are normally in your normal conversation and you just start talking about all these crazy different things and i think the fact that we're also sleep deprived slightly as well has a lot to do with it but Definitely. crazy things happen at conventions right <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh like the best stories always come out of conventions so yeah. i think that was like the biggest thing about moving online for conventions because the other thing for me personally like aside from interacting with people and like events at the convention like i found that sort of online conventions were very much panel based which which I love. I love panels. I love a good panel. I love attending them. They're very informative or interesting or fun and they can be really great because it's also that interaction there. But the panels were definitely more like guest based. Mm. And for me, I'm not always about that's for me personally, by the way, guys. Um, don't take it the wrong way. But depending on the guests, I may or may not be interested in, in certain panels. Mm. Like, you know, most of us probably are. We, we go there for different things, each of us. So at least in a physical convention space, I can still, you know, go peruse Artist Alley, yeah. see friends, stop by to talk to people, you know, like take photos. There's all that stuff that you can also do at a convention mm. that you wouldn't really be able to get in an online 
one experience. Definitely. That hustle and bustle is definitely, as much as we hate it at the same time, but it's definitely something that <laughs> really adds character to the, each different convention because every convention has its own colour and its own taste and it really reflects in the community that attend the conventions. And I actually really enjoy that. Um, I think you called it like a spirit earlier on. I think that's definitely yeah. true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so, so true. Like the really interesting thing that some of the online conventions that we'll talk about later on in the episode actually introduced was an online artist alley yeah. concept. Yeah, which I thought was really, really cool because like, you know, when you think about artist alley, I don't mm-hmm. know how many of you guys listening who actually go to the artist alley um, at conventions, mm. but it's it's like, it's a really kind of like cute, very bustling marketplace of sorts almost that's like, almost its own little world inside a convention and you've got the stalls like all the artists have their colorful Mm -hmm. and like amazing setups they've got their art on display and not only do you go into peruse if you have artist friends to go visit them and like throw your money Mm. at them but it's a really great way actually my brought it up when we were talking about this earlier but it's a really great way to discover new artists or other artists that you may not have been following before so you can follow them now just a thought um right i think different conventions of different countries are slightly different so just to give a bit of a background or a picture for everybody in australia our conventions are pretty much like your one stop for everything so we have all the um, the pro- panels with the professionals, like the voice actors and the directors and animators. And we've also got like um, panels that are done by, um, I wouldn't say amateurs. They're more um, not part of the creation side of oh, actually making the anime and yes. the games and the things that we all follow. Some of them are like dojin artists or cosplayers or um, mm. cosplay photographers. Um, and then you also have your gaming areas for a lot of our bigger conventions. Yes, we've also got yes. our cosplay areas. We've got a huge stage, one of which is all for panels or something. And some of them will be a bit more for the cosplay and the community. And we've also, what else do we have? We've also got the Alice Alley, or I think some people call it the Marketplace where people make fan art and like merch yeah as well as your exhibition space which is for your actual companies who are selling merch or um, trying to promote things yeah yeah uh, I think the other things are probably like the maid cafe we, oh, we yeah. usually have maid cafes at we our do in Australia yeah in Australia at least I don't know about you guys please uh, let us know what you guys have at your conventions uh, maid cafes and I think at the moment that's currently still pretty fresh in Australia is like the um, booths like part of I guess part of the exhibitors space but like we have uh, dedicated booths for um, certain companies mm-hmm. or games to kind of like put on display their work like yeah. it's, it's an interactive experience space which is what we have like very similar to the fake grand order experience that I run at Madman Anime Festival but it's like we have a lot more of those starting to pop up and I think it's it's really cool to see those yeah I think that's a good point too I like it did, I think it depends on the people who's running the event as well but mm. um, the fan made ones are a lot more about um, getting the fans as a community together whereas um, when you've got uh, conventions run by like for example Supernova or um, Madman which are companies they have your mm. areas where you can for example um, Nintendo might come along and set up all these TVs so everyone can trial different games so it has a little bit more of a similar feel to I think that's how um, some of the bigger conventions in America runs and obviously Japan runs so you've got a bit of that as well yeah which is always fun yeah so that's what we're talking about here this is the sort of different kind of conventions we're talking to whereas if you went to like a convention in Japan just to give you some light they usually only do a small portion of each of these things so you don't have everything all at once as much as the uh, overseas convention scene so that's always something difficult different to note as well oh we also forgot to mention the Itasha sorry I have to highlight that because that's a very Australian thing that we have at our Australian wait is it is it a really Australian thing I thought just people Um, honestly like so there are some conventions in Japan that does Itasha, but that's like the companies are doing it to... Ah, uh, it's not fans. No, it's not fans, no. But in Australia, we have an Itasha community where the fans, funnily enough, the who one who runs it is called Fan, um, actually puts together people who actually Itasha up their own personal cars and actually drive around Australia in Itasha. They do. And they display their cars over the weekend. 
it's crazy. Like it's uh-huh. it's really big in Melbourne, particularly where I am as well. Like mm. it just came out of nowhere, and then suddenly there's like ten Itasha cars at a convention because everybody's yes. like decking out their car with their waifus or like you know the latest kind of animu mm-hmm. that's really really popular and trending. It's so crazy, but like the community is great. It's it's so. Yes. I totally thought that was like a worldwide thing. Like I thought that was a global thing. I didn't realize. Not that I'm aware of. Like the guests that I worked with all love the Itasha space because it's so unique. Yeah. Oh. Like wow. They don't. They're not used to seeing fans do their own cars and display their own cars because the comment was, "So how do they get around over the weekend if they leave their cars?" Oh here? yeah, actually yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Um, yeah, guys, they drive in on setup day and then they had to leave their cars over the weekend. So uh, a lot of them actually stay at hotels nearby the convention so that they can get by. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so great. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Things you don't know until you ask around, right? Yeah I, I, yeah, I really was totally unaware of that. But that's really cool. That's a cool bit of info that I found out today, guys. So I hope that was interesting for you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going back on topic, um, so going back to the exhibition space, we were also talking about um, some exhibitors bring official merch to sell as well. And I think we were talking about earlier, Rai, how you like looking at the merch in person sometimes. But like for us, we usually just buy online because we know what to expect. Yeah. But people who are new into the community or even the younger ones um, who might be coming with parents, I think they prefer seeing it in person and touching things and looking at it and um, taking it home from the convention because I think we all do a bit of extra shopping over the weekend Definitely. when we're at a convention because the vibe just makes us spend money if you know what I mean. Yes, yeah, it's the vibe. The vibe definitely makes mm. you like feel more generous. Like you're very happy. Like the positive vibes are just like through the roof. So you want to like spend. You want to get that like plushie that you've been eyeing for ages. Yeah. Like after you've done three loops around the convention. And I agree with my like I think a lot of the newer who are just coming into the convention scene and like the cosplay scene definitely buying that bit of merch over the weekend at the convention has that like sentimental attachment to it because I mm. also very clearly remember from my first convention like buying I think it was like a Gara plushie like an official Gara plushie from somewhere <laughs> Oh, that's right. You were a Narutide. I am still a massive Narutide, but I just keep it a little bit more in the low-key now, guys. But yeah, like, I will will always remember that Gara plushie because it sat in the back of my car for a little while. (laughs) I'm just going to add to that, Rai. Did you want to talk to us how you came along with your name, K.N. Rai? Let's not talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) We are not talking about that in today's episode. Why stop going off track? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. Um, it She's was calling just, me uh... out, guys. I'm putting this on bloopers. Funny to me. <laughs> oh, it was... I, we all have our own dark days for things like that. Like, um, yes. I have a few like that for my online names too. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but <laughs> we'll let's 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 away. not let's not get into that. Not right now, anyway. We are not getting into that. <laughs> um. So yeah. So, I think. We were all skeptical of online conventions, but I'll also just point out that it's not like we haven't had things like that before. I think Madfest uh, or um, anime, what's it called now? Anime, anime Festival. Festival. Yes. Yeah. So we previously in um, Brisbane and Perth, we've actually had um, live feed from Japan with the guests as well, which were also a very interesting um, experience. I mean, we trialed them just to see how it'll go. Um, and I think the audience ended up really enjoying it, which is why we kept going with it um, uh, at Perth after Brisbane. But I suppose... In a way, that was sort of a, an a insight into how online conventions could possibly run, I mm-hmm. suppose. Yeah, so I know you were running the um, the Grand Order experience, fake Grand Order experience back then. So I'll give more of an insight in terms of how it was run so that you get more of an idea. But essentially, so in uh, Anime Festival Brisbane, the first time we did it, I think this was uh, two years ago, we had two members from the voice actress group Sphere, uh, Ayaki. Takagaki and Aki Toyosaki uh, webcam in essentially into Brisbane ah. and we did a little panel then it was so they MC and interpreter was me so I was live obviously in Brisbane and we had this huge screen in this pretty 
small room, um, probably about the size of like a, a probably a generous living room kind of space. And on the walls, we projected the screen, and there was essentially、um, Takagaki-san and Toyosaki-san who were interacting actually live with the audience. We had a camera in the front and a camera in the back, and speakers obviously, so that、yeah. they could actually hear people cheering or waving or asking questions or、oh. actually having a proper live experience with them. Sure, there was a tiny lag, and connection wasn't always perfect, but it was really good. So on the Saturday, which was day one. They were both on screen together, and then on day two, which was the Sunday, they each had an individual panel. And I got feedback from a couple of people who went to all three of the panels because I got to catch up with them after the second Sunday、yeah. panel, and they were like, "No, that was really awesome. I really felt like I was talking to them, and they were actually there. Like, sure, we didn't get to see them in person, but it." Was pretty close enough to that experience.、Yeah. I think you still、yeah. get that sort of intimate, like face to face kind of interaction, which I think is really cool. Because I was so curious, Maya, when you brought this topic up,、mm. um, the first year it happened. Because obviously, like you said, I wasn't there. I was like doing other things, or you know, nowhere near any of those panels. But like, I think like when you first told me about it, I was a bit like, huh? How? How? Like, how is it gonna work? You know, are there gonna be any issues or difficulties that we have to work around? Around. But、mm. it seems like from what you told me, like it was a really, really positive response, and it was like very well received. Very well received. It was a forty-five minute panel, so it was like literally speed through every content like this. But it was so fun. Like I didn't actually think that the live webcam thing would be so smooth per se. Like we had a bit of difficulties where on the second day, oh no, the first day, we lost connection. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> And they kind of froze on screen, and so I had this little cameo five-minute sort of section where, as、oh、they、God. were trying to reset everything and reboot everything, where I got to be like this cameo MC talking to the audience and asking these, and I'm like, "Quick, guys, give me all the questions now, so we can build them up and we can ask them when they come back on screen、oh、and bombard them with all these questions." But, but you know what? That reminds me of it's kind of like when you're chatting to your friends online, like with、yeah. voice call, and someone disconnects. I feel like、yeah. that would have made it、uh, so much more personal, like because you're talking to them and then they DC out of the call. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, that actually happened as well,、um, because in the first day,、um, we also kind of lost track on how we were going to cue each other when we finished talking. So、ah. what happened was we kept talking over each other and laughing. And oh my、um, god, just... does that remind you of anything, Mai? <laughs> yeah, us now. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> But like part of what the at least the Australian audience really received that well because they were like it really felt real and your little funny interactions that you had each other and you just stopped and stared at each other and laughed at each other that was really fun so I got told that throughout the whole all three panels the funniest、mm. moments were those moments. Yeah, the like the candidates. Like I think that's the. I mean, I can't really say much because I haven't been to conventions overseas. But I feel like just being in the Australian community, like for convention season, I think maybe it's an Aussie thing. But we really、mm. like that sort of personal interaction, like that face-to-face -face interaction and、yeah. that kind of community interaction as well. Like we really like the real reactions. The real、say? reactions. Yeah. yeah, we really focus on that. In Australian, like you know, with Australian conventions, I think that's definitely something we pride ourselves on. Yeah, I think it's a. I'm pretty sure America would also enjoy that as well. But Australia, I think, being such a laid-back country, that's the stuff we really want to see. We want to see the accidents. We want to see the errors. Yeah, we want to see those oof, oh, whoops moments. Like, yeah, we really like that. So, yeah, I. Really, really enjoyed it. So, like the flow, literally was the MC itself talking to the audience. Primarily was already in English because、uh -huh. the、um, the ladies already had the script in front of them translated, so they didn't need me to keep translating the MC to them. Oh, that's、um, good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. But if I ask them a question, I'll ask them the question and then cue them in by asking them in Japanese as well. Then they'll have their response, and then、um, they'll let me interpret to the audience. And then we give a few moments of pause for the audience to respond to what they said. So it was really great, and we had a couple of moments where they weren't allowed on screen at the beginning until the audience <laughs> yelled loud enough. Oh my god, that's so、screen. cute! Oh my god, that's like when when they're actually on stage. Yeah,、oh, exactly. That's really cute. That's really cute. So essentially, I'd be like,、um, guys, I want to welcome on the guests. Let's cheer them in. 
guys, you're not loud enough. They can't even hear you. They're overseas, remember? Yell louder. And then they'll <laughs> yell again. And I'm like, once more, guys. One, two, three. And we all yelled together. And then the, they came on stage. Like, it was. Oh, that's so cool. It really felt real. Like, I love that about conventions. And I can't believe we actually managed to have it on stage. It was fantastic. It was good. That's super cool. Like, if only we could do that with, like, you know, everybody in pretty much isolation still right now. But Yeah, I mean, I think there's too many of us who are in isolation. Oh, no, definitely, definitely. We might break and a then, few cameras or something. Like, you were saying after that first for Madman mm. um, in in Brisbane, I think Perth had a had a yes. follow up event also very similar, right? Yeah. So Perth was actually quite special because uh, we did it on the main stage, not in a small panel room. So it was oh, a wow. much bigger yeah. audience. And Perth was also a test for us because Perth audience, in particular in Australia, guys, Australia is really big. So depending on what city you go to, the way things are, well, what is popular, what is not popular, how something is taken is really, really different between the cities. And in Perth in particular, we weren't sure how this particular panel would go. But our guest was, um, I don't know if you guys know, Narabun no Nijuni. It's like a virtual idol group made by, produced by the same guy who made AKB48 groups. And they have pretty much, it's kind of like VTubing in a way, but they have these um, idols, which are virtual idols, um, called Nanabu no Nijuni. And they essentially would do everything as their virtual selves on TV, even if we know who the voice actresses are right. behind them. And um, we had one of the members, Sakura Fujima, um, from Nanabu no Nijuni, whose voice is um, Sally Amaki. If you know her, she's a big meme on t- Twitter. <laughs> Sally is Sally. awesome. <laughs> I didn't even watch anything she's in. I only watch her for her, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough, though. She's, she's a bit of a wild one herself, and she's really fun to work with. But that week, I was working with her character, Sakura, so I wasn't allowed to refer to her as Sally. Um, and... Uh, so we had an interaction with um, Sakura. For those of you who don't know, Sally grew up, um, spent some a lot of time in America. She grew up in America, so she speaks English fluently. So a lot of mm-hmm. what Sakura does as Nanabu no Nijuni is um, they have a YouTube channel and she pretty much does a lot of crazy English things on the screen as well in character as Sakura, not as Sally. Um, Sally herself does crazy things too. But this one was, she was her virtual idol on screen. And so we interacted with the character herself. She was very good at keeping in character as the audience actually got to ask live questions to her. That's pretty cool. That is pretty pretty cool. cool. And um, unfortunately with the Perth convention, we actually had a complete disconnection from her. So we lost her for about 10 minutes. Oh no! Yeah. And other difficulties we had was, we had this really strange thing where I had a wireless mic and there was only one spot I could stand on in that stage so that Sally could hear me to interact Oh my God, that sounds, that sounds like my mic at the fake Grand Order booth. Yeah, (laughs) it pretty much is. And the most awkward thing was we've got her on screen above the stage, but my spot where she could hear me was off stage. And so I was behind all of the speakers. So I could hardly hear Sakura talk the whole entire time. So she'd say something to me or mention my name. And then I'd be like, what did she say guys? And I turn around to everybody and everyone yells back the response to me. Oh my gosh. So my best friend became this one guy who was sitting in the front row close to me at the stage. And they'd be telling me where she was because exactly where I was standing, I was also in like a dead spot where I couldn't, normally I'd be able to hear her from stage, but I was also in a dead spot that where I was standing, the speakers pointing to the audience also I couldn't hear. So I was completely deaf to what she was saying. But even then we managed to make it work and I'm pretty sure the audience really enjoyed being able to ask live questions to her because a staff of a madman, it may have been Sly, I think. <laughs> I actually don't remember now, um, but I couldn't see because I wasn't in my uh, high spot from the stage like I normally am being my short self um and they actually got to speak into the mic ask her questions and then she'd respond directly to them and i think she really enjoyed that so uh, even with both of these panels like from brisbane and perth the feedback i got from the guests were absolutely fantastic like they felt they were there as well like they know they weren't physically there so they do want to come guys if we uh, root for them enough um but also they just loved how they could see the audience as well because we had cameras set up for them to see people waving at them and yelling at them and screaming at them so fantastic um way to do an online event i think so leading on to that i think with 2020 we had a number of conventions during 
COVID-19 lockdowns everywhere or restrictions everywhere. I mean, I'll just name a few just so that you get an idea. These are the ones we're aware of, guys. We know there's more. Please um, at us or hashtag us so we know about your experience as well. But some of the ones we've got listed down that we're aware of is obviously um, Anaplex Online Fest, the FGO Fest 2020. Um, we had Funimation, WCS, um, which is World Cosplay Summit, TGS, um, Tokyo Game Show, um, AFA. I actually don't know what AFA stands for now that I come to think about it, but AFA, which is in I think it's Animal Anime Festival Asia. Okay, that sounds about right. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, guys, correct us if need be. Um, And we've got AX Anime Expo, and I think the Grand Blue Fantasy Fest is being planned virtually as well online. That's to come, but these are some of the conventions we're aware of from 2020 have you got any more right yeah um i think not that i know of in particular quite honestly with the 2020 these by the way guys um just really quickly sliding into here these are the online conventions that actually happened Mm. in 2020 so for this year because of covid19 and everything was restricted and then subsequently cancelled because we couldn't go out um and you know had to stay safe at home but I don't think I really heard of any other... I think the only other one that I was really aware of was um, Nexus Con in Coffs oh, yeah. Harbour, New South Wales. Australia, yeah. Yeah. They did an online one, I'm pretty sure. I think that was the only other one that I heard of. Mm. Yeah. Like, I know WCS was rather colourful because they actually managed to get the previous contestants from World Cosplay Summit onto screen in their costumes. Yeah, yeah. So the World Cosplay Summit one was partly an online convention sort of concept and mostly a fundraiser Ah, to to keep the event alive. Yeah. Like, pretty much, COVID just came in and dashed everybody's hopes of even having conventions, let alone, like, uh, like Cosplay Olympics, which is what World Cosplay Summit is. Um, so I think that's that's what they did. Like, there were a lot of really cool, like, creative panels. I know Raker did a couple of panels on, like, yes. how to do wigs or, like, makeup. Um, yeah, it was really cool to see, like, and each country had their own representatives doing yes. um, certain panels for things, as well as um, alumni, like um, WCS alumni jumping on Oh, okay, okay. as well. Yeah, I know um, Ali in Australia, she jumped on for a little bit to do, yep. I can't remember what it was, talking about gaming or something. I wasn't really oh, paying okay. that much attention because, like, they did, like, a full 24-hour hour kind of event. Oh yeah, that's so, right. It was twenty four hours. You're right. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was huge. Yeah, it was huge. It was crazy. Yeah. I mean, mm, I guess it's mm. possible if they've got so many people from all over the world in different time zones running that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. I know in Australia we also had our um, our Australian champions, um, Will and Kay. Um, congrats, yes. guys, yet again. Yes, congrats so, again. We are very proud. So proud. Very, very proud. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they did a panel. I think um, talking about their experiences. Was it? Yes, from WCS? their experiences yeah. yeah, with WCS. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there were quite a number of conventions. I thought it was, uh, despite the scepticism of what how it would be run, I think mm. it was a good idea. It's kind of like an evolution of conventions that everyone was trying to try this online version of a convention. It really was. Like, I, like honestly, we probably have only mentioned like a handful of the online conventions or events that actually happened. But I'm sure there were more out there or there are more conventions that were wanting to try and kind of try and navigate this weird space that we were in with not being able to do physical conventions. So I think it was really cool to see everybody jumping on board and seeing what we could do with it and whether it could be a thing to be more accessible that um, people from other countries as well would be able to attend your convention, even though they're not there in person. I think that's the thing like, I really like about this concept is that you know like huge conventions like anime expo say for instance like there's obviously a limited amount of tickets for the physical convention mm. it's a it's a huge trip to make especially from australia it's like a 24-hour flight um i know friends who have gone and it's like crazy it's like a whole event in itself um but it would be really cool if they could do like online um or even like incorporate slowly online aspects in the future so that people from other like countries can also join in. No, I totally agree. Uh, on that note, I just remembered, um, one of the, uh, Supernova used to stream a couple of their panels on Twitch 
from oh, Australia. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Very, very limited, like, panels. Like, they're primarily the panels that the, the non-official anime game side creators do. So, like, your cosplay photographers and cosplayers. Oh, right, but right, But they used right, to stream yeah. those on Twitch um, if, in Supernova. Oh, well, that's cool. So yeah. I've seen it in... Um, uh, Sydney Supernova and also Melbourne Supernova when I went down to meet you guys that year. Um, yeah, they were they were streaming on Twitch. So I think oh. um, if we increase that kind of way of viewing as well online, it means that people can actually be um, viewing conventions from overseas. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I think definitely having that global aspect would be really cool yeah so calling out to you guys listening like if you know of other conventions um that you attended um please let us know we want to know what you felt and you know how you thought of it and you know did it feel different to like going to an actual convention if you regularly um attend them and um things that you thought were great things that you thought were bad or could be improved we'd love to hear them because this is obviously something that even Rye and I are going to be constantly thinking about too because mm. should COVID continue and we're also going to be working with a lot of our conventions in Australia a lot more online we need to come up with ideas too on how to manage these so we'd love your opinions. I know we also experienced this very unconventional mm. convention season of 2020 my like what what um because i know you attended actually no my guys my <laughs> attended as a special guest on the anaplex online panel. don't call me special guest i'm not a special guest i was she... just an mc <laughs> her face was on screen guys she was a special guest okay <laughs> Don't tell her otherwise. <laughs> um, no, I was I was a guest MC of guests. Does that make sense? A, yes. a bit awkward there. Anyways, um, yeah. So yeah. Um, sure. Um, yeah. Anaplex, Anaplex online um, as a part of partly combined with the Funimation online event. Um, actually ran um, an event over on uh, in uh, Australia and Japan time the fourth and fifth of July, which I think might be the third, fourth and fifth in America of July. And they ran a series of panels. And um, this one was interesting actually with Aniplex Online and Funimation because most of the panels were pre-recorded, but a very small number, even with the Funimation panels, were live. So we had a mix of both pre-recorded and live. And by all means, it's also because these two conventions were one of the first to happen online and from memory they also coincided with Crunchyroll's online invention or another online invention so another one yeah they definitely did yeah. coincide with another one I it was remember. a really busy weekend that's all that I remember mm. everyone was busy trying to keep track of who, which guest was going to be on which one on which channel and which time it was it was a and mess. also the time zones because yeah I remember the FGO panel was at like 4 or 6 a.m. in the morning Australia yes. time. And yes. I was like, you know what? I'll just watch the playback. I'm not getting up for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so the one I was part of obviously ran in Australia time, guys. Uh, sorry, and in Japan time, guys. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, it was live. This one was an actual live one on the 5th of July, which was the Sunday for us. And I worked again with um, Sphere but this time with all four members of Sphere. So that's uh, Minako Kotobuki, Ayahi Takagaki, Haruka Tomatsu, and Aki Toyazaki, for those of you who don't know, four very renowned voice actresses who have voiced so many different things, but they're also a unit together, and they actually sing on stage and perform on stage, and they're really, really cute. Um, I love seeing them on stage, and I'm sure a couple of our friends who also like seeing them on stage would agree with that. But this one was the only live panel on Aniplex online, aside the MCs who were sort of doing the in-between the pre-recorded panels um, interaction, which included um, Sally, as we mentioned earlier, who voices Sakura from Nanabu no Nijuni. So really fun location. So this one was, we were all remote. So Kotobuki-san actually is in England at the moment. So she was streaming in from her room or her house where she's staying at in England. And the rest of us were all in the same building, but in separate rooms of this I suppose it's kind of like a big apartment in a way. We were all in like different like, bedroom areas. Yeah. yeah, they've dressed it up as a studio, but it essentially looks like an apartment if you want to oh, imagine Oh, okay, that. right. Yeah, and we were all live camming each other as we were speaking. And every now and then we'll get a bit loud so we can kind of hear each other from the other rooms. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and the other thing that was really, really different about this particular panel was we actually had it on live on YouTube so that... Mm. If yeah. we opened up YouTube, we could actually see the comment and um, the screamings of Rai, actually. She screamed <laughs> her name so many times in the beginning. Um, 
flowing no, I didn't. as we were <laughs> doing the stream. You didn't see really that. <laughs> you were just seeing things, my. I didn't sure. know such thing. Sure. And it was really interesting also because um because of like the licensing issues of the various channels, sorry, of the various series of Anaplex, we actually had a Japan channel where only the people who were living in Japan were chatting and typing. And then we had the international channel. So you, Rai, would have been on the international side with right. all of the other uh, yeah. guys from America and Australia and all the other countries. That's cool though. You guys would have been able to see that. Yes, it was really fantastic. Yeah. Like I think there was like a 10 second lag between when we spoke and when you guys saw it. That's not bad all things considered. Exactly. It was really really good. So we'd be like doing a mini game and we'd be like what do you guys think? And then 10 seconds later we're seeing everyone's responses pop up. And so we'd be chatting about that or they kept going on about how the the ladies were really cute. So I yes. mentioned that a couple of times in the beginning um because they were absolutely gorgeous. They they're they were gorgeous. To yeah, work they with. were very yeah. lovely. Yeah. Exactly. Very talented as well. And every now and then we might have a question pop up from the audience which we might share as well to the guests and they'll respond to us. It was really great. Like it was it did feel like a convention in the sense, except that the audience wasn't in front of us and we weren't in the yeah. same room as each no, other. No, I agree. Like, just watching it from home, because I was sitting in my lounge watching this. Mm. Maya had told us, you know, our group of friends about it, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to make sure I'm going to be online, there to support <laughs> my friend. Low-key just yelling her name out in the chat. But it did have that, like, a sense of community. Less like a live stream and definitely more like a panel is what it felt like. Yeah, I was really impressed. Because there was that, like you said, the interaction, even though there was a slight delay, you could see the uh, voice actresses, they were just, like, you know, reacting to what the audience was saying in the chat. Like, you could actually feel that a lot because as we were getting into it, we had a little accident, actually. Um, where you guys heard us as we were preparing. Oh no, I remember that. Before yeah. we actually started, and then people were like, "Oh, I can hear so and so's voice. Oh, I can hear their voice." And we're like, "Oh my god, oh my god, guys, guys, guys can hear us. I can hear us. Turn off the mic." Yeah, you preparing. were telling someone to turn off the mic. I heard that bit. I think I only just tuned in, but that's the bit I heard. Yeah, because we we were connected to each other, but we weren't supposed to be connected to YouTube, so we could voice test and make sure we could hear each right. other. But that voice test was completely leaked, pretty much as we were setting up. I think that really added to the experience though. I'm not going to lie. Like I was reading the chat because I was seeing the chat and everybody was just having a good time and good, laughing good. at the little candid accident that just happened. Good. Because at that time I couldn't see the comments yet so I couldn't control the situation. Oh, right. And I think it was Tomat-san who noticed. She's going, they're saying they can hear our voice. And I'm like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, we at the time we were supposed to start, we actually had a 30-second delay because we lost Kotobuki-san right before Yes, started. you did. You did lose her right off the start. I was yeah. there for that. Yeah, I saw that. I think that, that was part of the, the voice that leaked in YouTube, wasn't it? We completely lost Kotobuki-san. And we were like, oh no, do we have to start without her? Because the reason why... I was the MC was because the people who managed Sphere saw me work in Brisbane and they knew I could work with accidents. So mm, if in the mm. case we did have to start without Kotobuki-san, at least I could be there to sort of keep it going. We, we could keep going without having to worry. But we managed to get her, which was good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, like you guys had a pretty short time frame as well from what mm. I remember. Like it was... 45 minutes. 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah, it wasn't even an hour. Yeah, it was like a really short block that you guys had. The other thing that was really interesting was um, I was in the same space as the the MCs for the actual whole event itself was mm. in, which meant that I literally had... 10 seconds to get on and off where I was set up before we could start. And then the moment we ended, I had to just run off because they needed to come and set up, essentially. So it was a, it really felt like a stage in that sense. We had no time to kill. Like we put in pre-recorded videos in between so that we had commercial sections pretty much to let us set up. But it was a mess in that sense. Like it was, okay, everyone, change the cameras, change the setup. Where's all the mics? Where's all the, you know, the pin mics that we have to put on the peep them? And oh, finish, um, just do the hair again because they'd obviously just been rushing and it's everywhere. That was that kind sounds, of... It, that sounds exactly like a convention. Like exactly yeah. like a convention stage. <laughs> Very much. And you can kind of tell both like all of me and all four of the ladies, we kept getting more and more excited and our tones got higher. We were getting louder and we were smiling more as we were going because the live feed of the comments from YouTube was so fun. It 
really felt like a convention. Like, yeah. And the last time I'd obviously felt that was in Sydney Anime Festival um, that Madman runs back in March. So there's a four-month gap between the two events. And it was just one of those moments where you just sit there going, oh, God, I love conventions. Oh, God, I miss conventions. Yeah. Like, we really lucked out. So for anybody who went to Sydney Anime Festival at the beginning, Mm. like, of this year, back in March, we all really lucked out because it was the last convention, pretty much to Mm -hmm. run in Australia before everyone went down, yeah, went into lockdown pretty much. We were close to the last convention in the world, I think, to run. Actually. Actually, yeah. Yeah, actually, from what I'm aware of, yeah, I think so too. Because we're the only country warm enough to run a convention that early in the year. Though I really don't like summer conventions, quite honestly, so. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'm glad I, like, so for those, just like sidetracking a little bit, guys, Mm. for those of you who aren't in Australia our convention, like the main block of Australia's convention season is like autumn to the end of winter. That's our convention season. So it's always cold. You can always like layer on your big outfits and like your armor sets. Totally fine. But like summer conventions for us? No, that's a no thank you from me. But I think we talked about it in the first episode as well when we did those fate cosplay group meetups. Oh yeah. Where some of the uh, cosplayers turned up in like pretty much a lot of skin showing costumes and we were absolutely freezing outside as we were trying to take these group photos. Like in, in the middle of huge, winter. Yeah, with these gust of winds. That, that's our conventions, guys. So we prefer <laughs> uh, thick winter costumes, armoured costumes in our conventions because it's just so damn cold. That is, that is, that is <laughs> the truth. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think I'll ever do Ilya again in Australia. No, don't, don't. <laughs> cold. <laughs> yeah. So I think Aniplex Online Fest actually ended up getting very well received um it was it was fun it was fun like i think it was the perfect honestly in my opinion the perfect Mm. introduction into kind of that online convention concept that we were all so kind of unsure about and very skeptical about you know like Mm -hmm. kind of put your toe in the water to test the waters and see but it was a perfect introduction into into the online convention scene and i think it just it just it really just took off from there didn't it my yeah it kind of did like i mean even with all of the other conventions, um, some of them are still pre-recorded because content come in, comes in from all over the world. It's too hard to guarantee a smooth connection. But like an example of that is I worked with um, Otakuthon, um, where um, Manga Planet, which is, what would I say, a it's kind of like a manga streaming service, I suppose, an online reading service where you can read manga officially translated and uploaded onto a channel where you get a membership and you can access them. Kind of like how you sign up to like Netflix, I suppose, but this yes. is for manga only. Yes, like a subscription and service. Yeah, so I have a friend who works in Manga Planet and she asked me to help her MC and interpret for a panel they were doing in Otakuthon. And that was a pre-recorded one, so it's a little bit different. But I think we tried to shift that up a little bit because um, it was me and two of the ladies from Manga Planet, including my friend. And we try to have a conversation and sort of turn to the camera and ask for prompts and call to actions per se to try and make it as live as possible. But that was a slightly different experience to how we ran Anaplex online. Okay, that's that's yeah. really interesting here. Because, like, you know, obviously, because physical conventions are different, as we've mentioned time and mm. time again in this particular episode I really haven't done that much this year in terms of like helping out with conventions which has been a little bit sad because it is usually my chance to actually see all my friends but it's it's been a nice break to kind of like you know reset I think a lot of cosplayers especially will agree with me it's been a nice like (laughs) eight month break that we've had (laughs) to kind of you know reset get our costumes in order which none of us probably have done because I know I haven't made any costumes <laughs> over this break mm. but just to you know have some time for ourselves when we're normally in that mass like convention rush I totally agree with you also with like Australia being so big we're flying everywhere you can't actually drive to the cities guys it's really far away Australia is as wide as North America is I know you can drive in North America too you it's not impossible in Australia too but it takes a long time. Yeah, it, it takes a toll on, on you. Like, it's very tiring to yeah, drive to a much, different state much. in Australia. Like, to give you a bit of a picture, I, I used to be based in Sydney in Australia and then Rise, obviously, in Melbourne. That's, like, a, a good 8-10 hour drive, guys, between the two cities. Like, And that's on a, uh, 120 kilometres per hour roads. I've done it. Mai's also done it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. 
it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. But yeah, so we've we've have seen a variety of different kinds of conventions, I suppose, being held over the year. So I think we're all looking forward to, for example, I think Grand Blue Fest was is gonna be one of the later ones that's gonna latest ones that's gonna happen in the year. I think so. I don't know if they did because I think they did a live stream event. Was it? Around okay. the same time that FGO did, but I'm not oh, too sure. Oh, the announcement one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, like, FGO Fest did happen online this year. That was the other thing we mm. haven't skipped over. But, yeah, Fate Grand Order Fest is usually, like, the massive, massive, like, fate event that everybody attends. They always book out a huge area. There's, like, a ton of events happening in the event and, like, a lot of exclusive things that you can get there that you just can't get yeah. anywhere else. I'll, I'll add a bit of light to that. Um, Rai, you have to come with me one day. <laughs> I, I was supposed to go this year. I was supposed to go this year. I know. So essentially they book out like one of the bigger halls in Tokyo. And what they do is they sort of segment it in different sections. And to be honest, there's not a lot of hands on to do, but a lot of things to watch or, as you said, um, to get. Like you get a lot of giveaways per se. So I think the when I went last year, they had this huge section that was based off the all the Halloween events. Yes. Oh my had. God. I wanted to see that so bad oh it was so cute and they have like also like a section for the camelot castle per se wait was last year the the year they had the giant faux slide last year um yes i believe so yeah <laughs> and the, they also had brought in all the stuff from the previous years too so they also still had the um that um that elephant slide from two oh, years ago oh right 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 yeah if you wanted to go in that and they had a jumping castle from memory i think that was part of one of the events uh from the probably the carnival event that they see had. this is like the fgo content that fgo fans sign up for guys it's really great <laughs> do you know what the best part was though right you'll agree with me was you remember how they had that um fgo event um which was that hotel camelot uh, <gasps> yes hotel thing yes so the hotel they suite actually set it up Oh yeah, my they god. Set it up as did the hotel. They? Yes, they did, wow. they did, they did. And when they make these sections also guys, um for those of you listening, they actually make um kind of scaled pop-ups of all the characters yeah, and the hide standees. them around the whole entire convention. Yeah, the standees. And so at the hotel, you actually um walk in and see the characters you would have interacted in the events in the various rooms. Yes. It was fantastic. I loved it. I thought it was really well done. And then they have uh, panels pretty much all day. And obviously the very last panel that they'll do over the weekend is also the one that they'll put on stream for you guys all to view from overseas as well. And they announce everything that they're going to do that's coming up in, in the game. Yeah. In the game, yes. And that one was, because they knew the audience wasn't going to fit in the main stage area, what they did was they had these huge, huge, I'm really talking huge, um, cinema-sized screens also outside of the actual main space so that you could still view what was happening on stage as if it was being streamed online, except you were there physically. So there were standing seats as well, which was pretty cool. It's always such a big event. Like I, I, I'd planned to go this year because it coincided with my birthday week. Yes. And it would have been so much fun to see you and James, obviously, as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, as as things are at the moment, it'll be a while. But um, we'll get there eventually. We'll get there. I still have my fingers crossed. Right, we are going to do this FGO fest together. We are going to do and it. Do everything, fake. We're going to do it. We're going to do everything. I'm not going to yeah. wear cosplay. We're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my god. And look at us, right? I thought we weren't going to talk about fate much this episode and listen to us uh, going back to fate. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. You know, I've stopped trying, quite honestly, to not talk about fate because we always end up back here. That's very true. We've done pretty well so far, I think, though, to be honest. I suppose the next part of the conversation that goes from here is what do we think will happen after this? Like, regardless of whether COVID continues or ends, we still have to still continue thinking about how conventions are going to evolve from here. Obviously, like Mai has said, we don't know how long we're going to be on this COVID train for. Hopefully it won't be too long until, you know, a vaccine is found and everything can kind of go back to some kind of sense of like mm. normality but for the time being covid normal you know is is what we will have to be dealing with so 
I'm honestly really interested to see what will happen in the future, especially for 2021, because for those of us in Australia, like just like a couple months ago, actually, Anime Festival Sydney was announced at the previous one, but then they announced the cancellation of the upcoming of the 2021 yeah. March. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I think also with a note with that, Comic Cat, which is short for Comic Market, one of the biggest Dojin, practically artist alley conventions in Japan, has also, they usually have a summer and winter fest every year and winter usually happens over i think 29 30 31 31st of december every year and they actually are going to push back this year to next year may because they believe they're hoping that may will be able to run with covid gone i think i've got their fingers crossed and so what do you reckon right do you reckon that now that we've had a taste of what online conventions are like and what the audience is like online do you reckon we'll be seeing more conventions who are just going to stay online? Or do you reckon it'll be a bit of both? I think it might be a bit of both or they might start incorporating sort of what Madman have mm. already done with their conventions, like the live conferencing for guests mm, who yeah, may yeah. not be able to attend the convention due to restrictions or they don't really go outside of their own country for you know, like Mm. busy schedule reasons or whatever. I think we might start seeing a lot more of that. So at least the fans still get that intimate interaction with, with, you know, their idols, the guests. Conventions that might stay online, I think will be really interesting because as we spoke earlier about it, Artist Alley, I think will be very difficult to continue in an online sense that Mm -hmm. way. Like I know a lot of artists these days have online stores, but there's just something really special about going, you you know, and perusing an artist's alley at a convention, like where you can see and experience and kind of like touch everything. Well, not don't don't touch it and ruin their setup, guys. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, no, we'll get angry. But you know, you can like see the art, see the artists as well. Yeah, I think there's something special about being able to thank them in person. Yes, as well. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Like, and I know a lot of artists really appreciate that after they've been working super hard at getting their con set up yeah. and things done. So that is for sure. Always thank your artists guys thank you yes they work so So, hard hard. for what they do which is also why we're saying don't break their things it's not free to make those things guys yeah (laughs) but yeah i'll definitely be super interested to see how conventions will go forth from from sort of Mm. this year i think we've we've had a taste for sure we've absolutely had a taste of what it could be in the future and i think the fans are ready we definitely want more fans always want more guys we always want more yeah but i think the fans are very receptive on on the possibility of that online convention space. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think I agree. No, I no, I agree, actually. I reckon that, I don't know if it'll be like a conferencing style or we'll just do the panel itself completely on Zoom, for example, and just project it on screen, including the MC on screen. Um, that might be one way to go as well. But um, I reckon it will change some of the things that we do. Like, I'm just thinking back to when we do panels in anime festival, um, usually in Sydney and Melbourne, though we've done it in Perth and Brisbane as well, where we'll have a a set of guests on stage and then we'll also have some pre-recorded videos where they call out to the audience and add a bit of colour to the flavour of the actual stage panel itself. But I think it would be smoother to do that if we were able to do that online, provided the schedules of the guests actually work and it's less toll on them I reckon too because I still really feel bad for um when we bring in guests who are still in the middle of creating yes. something oh my god because really I remember I and they're rushing back and forth like I assume whichever year it was 2018 for Ayako in um when she came for one oh! day of the convention <laughs> yeah so yeah, I've got a couple in mind. So we've also, we've got that year, yes, you are correct, mm. um, uh, 2018, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so we're talking um, about um, Kaosumi Ayako, who's Saber's voice. Voice actress, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she came to Anime Festival... Melbourne. Melbourne? Yes, yes. <laughs> Melbourne, Melbourne, it was Melbourne. Sorry, I'm sorry, guys, it's all blurring in my mind. Tell me if I'm wrong, you're allowed to tell me off. Um... But yeah, so she came to well, um, Anime Festival Melbourne and she could only attend Saturday. Saturday, yeah. It so was they crazy. flew in on Saturday morning and I believe she left that night, that night. on Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, she did. Yeah. yeah. And that was it. And she was really busy. But I'm also thinking about like 
back when we did our first Madfest in Melbourne um, four years ago, we had the uh, the director of the sort of online anime series who was also working on the movie at the time. Oh. So he flew in like pretty much on the latest flight he could get to come to Australia. Wow, that's crazy. And then left on the earliest flight he could arrive in Japan so that he could keep working on the movie. They're so dedicated. It just makes you appreciate, you know, these guests so much more and how hard they work to produce, like, the content, guys, that we we love so much. Yeah, and so you can kind of, like, a lot of people ask us, why don't we get this guest or why don't we get that guest? Why do this country got this guest, but why don't we? Like, a lot of that does have to do with flight times, guys. And scheduling, yes. They're so busy and they dedicate a lot of time into the work and making sure they're ready for their work. And we need to make sure that they can still keep working at what we love to receive whilst, you know, giving us fan service, I suppose, by being there for us. So I know a lot of um, Southeast Asian countries get a lot more guests than us in that sense because the flight time is just so much shorter. It's like three hours. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Uh, Even being on the same part area of the world as Australia and Japan, there's still a 9-10 hour flight. Perth is even longer I think. I think about 13-14 hour flight. So it is a very long distance to fly for these guests and that's their rest time for example, completely gone because they're trying to attend the conventions for us. So please be mindful that these guests are doing it for us. Like They really are. They really are. Like the dedication is there, guys. So I hope, like, if we do more of these events in the future, mm-hmm. that more fans will be, you know, eager to come and support, you yeah. know, also these online panels or conferences because they're taking some time out of their very busy schedules, as as we've just heard, to come and attend. Yes, yes, that's right, that's right. Like, I, I've had guests who just nap in the green room oh, when man, they're not on stage crazy. or not doing signings because they're just that tired, some of them. And I think the only thing that we will miss, like you said, Vrai, would probably be things like the Artist Alley or the cosplay and guest signings. That's going to oh, be something guest that we signings about. I will definitely miss. Like, hopefully mm. we won't have to endure this too much longer. But I think for the time being, like, conventions are still on, you know? Conventions are definitely still on for, mm-hmm. That's for right. 2021 coming up. They're not getting rid of the, us that easily, guys. <laughs> We're still going to do it. <laughs> Gosh, if conventions disappeared from the face of this earth, what would you do, right? I think I'd go insane. I'd just, yeah, lose it. <laughs> I'd lose my shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like a bit of background, guys. The main reason why we've also started this podcast is because Ryan and I needed the sense of connecting to people out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And nothing does like, like, you know, nothing does that like conventions. As we keep going back to the point, there really mm-hmm. isn't another space quite like conventions they are very unique especially like anime manga like pop culture conventions like we're so used to it's a completely different world inside that space Mm -hmm. i totally agree it's like a different world within a world that the moment we walk through the doors or the gates if it was um smash back in rose hill gardens we're in our most comfortable zone where we can be ourselves talk about what we want to with other fans Mm -hmm. and the community and just completely enjoy it all. And that that spirit or that atmosphere that you mentioned at the very beginning, Rai, is probably one of the biggest things we love about conventions. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I know, I have friends who, like, don't buy tickets to the conventions and they hang around outside. Um, LobbyCon. And just, yeah, LobbyCon, <laughs> that's what we call it. And they wait for their friends who are inside the convention, either at Artist Alley or paneling or just attending. And then they still hang out. That that atmosphere is what we want. It's so, like, contagious. That's probably a poor choice of words given, like, the situation we're in at the moment. But, like, it's it's a, it's a in, in a good connotation. Like, it's a really mm-hmm. infectious, like, environment that the spirit is there, the community is there, and you just, like, want to be a part of it. Even if you have no idea what is going on, you just want to be a part of it. And I think a lot of people, congoers, like us, Rai, can say the same thing, but we made friends through conventions, so that's where we reunite with everybody 
every convention, every year. Yeah, even if we're running around like, um, you know, headless chickens all the time, <laughs> running our different panels and different sections in the convention. <laughs> so true, so true. When was the last time we sat down and properly chatted? Probably when, convention? oh no, at a convention. I was going to say probably when we do podcasts, that's the only time we can actually talk like properly to each other. <laughs> True, um, but true, at a convention, but no, at a convention, like usually during dinner, it's a good chance to like catch up with your friends over food, like during dinner time, if we have dinner actually. And also if I'm not caught up with guests. Yes, actually <laughs> that's very true. My is usually yeah. bumping shoulders with the elite. <laughs> no, no, that's a poor, well, okay, if we're talking about the elite as in um Tim who is in Mad Men, sure. No, as sure. in the guests <laughs> and Tim. <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about this? (laughs) I don't know, but I I can definitely tell you that's what I wish. But um, with Madfest in particular, um, after the event, we have like the group dinners where we actually do official speeches from the general managers from uh, Madman and actually do a bit more of a business dinner kind of thing. So that that definitely we are going so off topic, but this is fine. Yes, yes. So, unfortunately, I think, um, sadly, that is all the time we have for today. So, thank you to all our listeners for tuning into another episode of Match Made and Madness. Though I have to say, I don't think we were as um, wild as we were. No, in the we were first very two calm. Episodes. I'm not going to lie. It was very, like, a nice, chill, casual episode today, guys. Yeah. Hopefully we weren't too serious for you guys. But yeah, we do want to know how you all experienced 2020 and the conventions and what you also believe might happen in 2021. So let us know your opinions on what we will have in store for us in the next year. So let us know what you think. But in the next episode, we'll be going to a bit of a controversial, maybe, possibly, (laughs) debate. (laughs) Kind of a similar tone, I suppose, but probably a bit more yelling. A bit more yelling, I reckon. Yeah, I think so too. We'll be opening a can of worms as we discuss opinions on second seasons or, you know, third seasons, fourth seasons, or even second generations of anime. If you've got any animes or manga series that you believe fit this category and you think deserves a mention, send us through your comments so we can have a squiz and do some research if we need to, to see uh, what we can discuss with things that you've got in mind as well. Before we sign off, um, a special thank you to our friends once again, uh, Masaki Sato from Sound Labs for our music and Miyukiko for our wonderful podcast cover and Twitter art. Don't forget to check them out. Um, Masaki it has a website at www.sound-laps.com and Miyukiko, of course, um, is on Twitter via at Miyukiko. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to check us out on Twitter at MMI Madness where you can follow us for news about the upcoming episodes. Feel free to tag us using hashtag MMI Madness and hashtag Matchmade in Madness as we'd love to hear any feedback or experiences from you guys too. To follow us individually, you can check out Rai, myself, on Twitter and Instagram at KNRAICOSS and Mai on Twitter and Instagram at WordsTWorlds. Okay, thanks again for listening, guys, and sharing your time with us. Stay safe and we will catch you in the next episode. Bye, Bye, guys! guys.